Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed that shit. It was so good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling very musical today. I like it. I'm enjoying this energy that you're bringing to the table today. So today, supposedly Mulan is free or not free, but you still have to have a Disney Plus subscription. But Mm -hmm. today is the day that you can finally access the movie without paying for premium. Yeah. So by the time this episode comes out, you'll be able to watch this movie if you already have a Disney Plus subscription. So Disney is still getting some of your money, but not a lot of it. (laughs) I watched Mulan, the Disney version last night just to catch up. Since uh, today we're going to be talking about Mulan. I was drinking scotch while I was doing it, so it was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) And taking notes. And I just forgot also. I mean, it's been ages since I've seen it. And it was just, it's such a fun movie. Oh my gosh. I I loved every second of it. So it's basically like drunk messaging Abby about Mulan. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best. (laughs) Okay. So this first message, Abby said something last night. She said, make a man out of you is the best Disney song. And I feel like that is an incredibly bold statement. I know. It's a hot take. The the best Disney song. So I asked a ton of people behind your back. (gasps) Oh, my God. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. (laughs) And I now have a definitive answer for what the best Disney song is. Okay, what is it? By the way, I really want all of our listeners to tweet at us or message us on Instagram or comment or do whatever. Let us know what you think the best Disney song is because that is a bold statement. And I stand I mean, it's a great song. by it. And she's not necessarily wrong, but I asked like a oh my God. bunch of people. I'm so excited. I, Lay it on me. I want you to guess. Um, okay. Give me your top Three guesses to what you think the best Disney song of all time Okay, can I use my opinion or should I guess what other people think the best Disney songs are? Let's do both. Okay, both. All right. So in my opinion, mine are I'll Make a Man Out of You because I sing that song to myself all the time and I fucking love it. (laughs) And Shang is really hot and shirtless in the song. Posit that, and it's a good, yes, and it's such a good montage. It's a great montage song. When I watched it last night, so that moment where Shang takes his shirt off before the song starts, mm. Mulan's face is like every <laughs> girl's face ever. Like her eyes are wide, and then she's oh, <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> Hello, uh, '90s children's sexual awakening. Yes. Oh my god. If that's your thing, I guess. <laughs> It was absolutely my thing. But oh goodness. Lee Lee Shang she makes the best set face. the standard for me and what I find hot. <laughs> okay, okay. So make a man out of you. Make a man out of you. Uh be prepared, obviously, is okay. one of the other all-time best Disney songs. It is the ultimate villainous monologue song. It is perfect. There are green flames. There is lions. There's a lion. There are hyenas. There's there's Whoopi Goldberg. There's Jeremy Irons. It's perfect. 
I will say um, I personally think Disney villain song should almost be in a different category, though. I want a hundred. Okay, can, can we make that a different category? I think villain songs because they're almost all so perfect that they can't be the best Disney song because it's a villain song, mm-hmm. but they can be the best Disney villain song. I feel like it's a different category. Okay, well, then I'm, then this list is a little different if I can't use a villain song. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I'll make a man a out of you. <laughs> I'm going to pick a different one. Um, <laughs> Zero to Hero is a fucking bop. Uh, yeah, and it's, and so it's such a fun take on a, a Greek myth story uh, to have a yeah. to have a gospel choir singing <laughs> about it. It's again great montage song and yep. works really well just within the overall narrative of Hercules. And I feel like it's just eminently singable. I don't know, man. It's it's also it's got to be between almost there from the Princess and the Frog. And I also, okay, I might be one of the only people that's still a sucker for Oliver and company. Oh, my God. Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? Fucking Billy Joel? No. <laughs> oh, no. Not the wife This is a totally song? subjective list of songs that Abby really vibes with. And so I really what's, like Perfect. What's the one you're thinking of? I like Perfect isn't easy. Gosh, I don't even remember. That it's the song. song that Georgette sings before she collapses on her pillow. Um, oh, she is so. Oh my god, I love it. Me too. So <laughs> that is such an underrated Disney it's film. Such, it's such a great movie. Um, but let's Winston! let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and say bark, bark, bark. I like that she says bark, bark. <laughs> She's so fucking funny. But I think it's "I'll Make a Man Out of You" almost there as like a classic. I want song. Mm-hmm. from a main character and zero to hero because wow okay that's, that's my top three doesn't that's my top three so what do you think everybody what do you think everybody else is like what do you think the general top three is i'm gonna say people would say the bare necessities only one person said only that. one person said the bump that surprises me because that is that's also a great asked, song you know who it was who my mother ah! that is her favorite disney film of she all loves the time. jungle book <laughs> loves the jungle book oh my um a whole new world oh yeah that was definitely up there probably be our guest yep that was up there and colors of the wind are my guesses also only one person really yeah okay it was caroline of course it was (laughs) caroline (laughs) uh or circle of life i guess okay are you ready tell me I have the definitive answer. What's the definitive answer? I want a drum roll or something. The best Disney song is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking different for everybody. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> the definitive, the definitive oh, man, answer you, really, was... you had me going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the definitive answer is they're all so good. You can't just pick one That'd be crazy. I know. That's true. As I'm going through totally... this list, I keep going like, oh, that was a great one, too. Oh, that was a great one, too. Oh, this one is I, also I actually, super good. I actually made you a playlist on Spotify. You did? So, and I actually made a villain Disney yes. song on Spotify. Oh, Kelsey, let's stop recording and go listen to that right now. I know, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that with everybody later. Yes. We'll post it like on our Facebook page and our website. Absolutely. We should just get like a fairy tale fix Spotify account like (laughs) (laughs) so my top three yes tell me yours because everybody has a different 
song. That, I mean, that's just music in general. But you guys, I think we can all agree Disney songs are so good. It's almost like they hire professionals. I know. Ooh, Ugh, I have to make one substitution. Best people. Okay. I need to it? swap almost there with how far I'll go. Oh, okay. Because I'll allow it. <laughs> I also love that one. I just love that you acknowledged um, the princess and the frog because that is like my favorite Disney movie. I think of all time. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. and But that's because I love jazz. I love jazz music. Mm-hmm. And uh, that also has one of the best villainous songs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Felicia has Felicia. Dr. Felicia mm-hmm. has an amazing song. Amazing song. Hot take. I kind of think the best Disney song of all time. I don't. This might not be a personal one. I kind of think it's Friend Like Me. Because Robin Williams just... Oh! He does all the character voices. It's funny. It's catchy. And I'm just really sad that Robin Williams died. Yeah. <laughs> so that has like a huge place in my heart. I love Friend Like Me. That is a great song. And that's not even on Spotify, which made me really it's sad. It's not? So the, no, not the Robin Williams version. Oh, just the Will Jim. Smith version? Yeah, which I don't like. So I added Neo's version. <laughs> Because I really love his. Because he makes it jazz. <laughs> I don't know Neo's version. Oh, it's so good. I like Neo. Neo does such a good job. He's so sexy when he sings. Even the music video is good. Heck yes. I Just Can't Wait to Be King is like my personal favorite oh, Disney song. Such a good I sang one. that so God, much when I was a kid. they're all so good. <laughs> they're so good. And my last one is I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules. Because I ruined my VHS my VHS tape uh, rewinding that song and playing it over and over when I was 10. Of course. Oh <laughs> or my however old I was when that came out. Oh my god, Kelsey. Ruined it. I That's... I loved that song. Like, I would just put that before, you know, um, I, I don't think I was old enough to have like a CD player or a tape player. Mm-hmm. So I would just put in the VHS and, like, and just listen to it over and, and over. over and over and rewind it and like manually rewind it. <laughs> Please. Guys, what's your favorite really Disney do. song? I need to know. And, or what do you think is like the best Disney song and what's your argument? <laughs> yeah, please, please know. let us know. I am absolutely <laughs> doubling down on I'll Make a Man Out of You. It is still my favorite. But Kelsey's right. It is subjective. It and is. they're all very, they're very so good. good. <laughs> yeah, Make a Man Out of You is great. Yes. God, it's so fun. All the songs actually in Mulan while I was watching it last night were just so good. We'll talk about this more as I guess as we get to that portion of the episode but mm-hmm. I was honestly really surprised that there wasn't there weren't more songs in it I thought that it was more musical than oh. it was but all of the songs are loaded toward the front half yep that's true and there's like four or five I even think a girl worth fighting for is so good yeah that one is also really cute <laughs> mm. there's so much talent Disney this podcast isn't sponsored by Disney we're not sponsored by Disney <laughs> we just and I understand that Disney is also highly problematic and also in all of the in all of the ways probably shouldn't even have a Disney Plus account. But I also really, really enjoy their movies, which speaking of, it's time we're moving on. We're going to talk today about Mulan. I, you know, once again, I want to preface everything by reminding anyone who's listening, Kelsey and I are two American white women. Uh, so please take everything we say in 
in that spirit with a huge heaping grain of salt for any like hot takes we may have on Mm -hmm. something. Also, please feel free to reach out and let us know if we got something wrong or really just any thoughts that you might have at all. We're very open to that. Absolutely. I don't know a lot about Chinese culture in general, but I... I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to learn. So if we do say something that's totally off or you want to correct us, tweet at us at fairytalefixpod, you know? Yeah, exactly. Get the conversation going because that's, you know, always interesting. Always interesting to us. We're very here for it. And mm-hmm. we're also going to try not to comment on anything that is not our... We're going to try to stay in our lane as well. So we'll try not to do this to you and just talk about... Mulan from the pers- from our own perspective and not try to claim anything else. We are yeah. going to put a couple of links in the comment section of uh, actual Asian Americans that had opinions about the Disney live Mulan, if you care to read them, uh, which I thought were really interesting, but didn't really feel like it was my place to regurgitate. Yeah. And something I've heard about the 90s Disney movie was that it was really popular among Asian American children, but not in China. Yeah, I heard that too. And that was that was one of the things that I read um, that they were trying to do with this new movie is make it more appealing to a Chinese audience. And in doing that, mm-hmm. they lost part of what made it so appealing to Asian Americans. Oh, that's interesting. But again, that that's just those are blogs I read by a couple of different people. So yeah, and lumping a lot of people together. So. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so th- those 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 are just the opinions of two bloggers that I read about online. So you know, take that with a whatever giant heaping of salt you want. Oh, and also, if you're worried about spoilers, if you haven't seen the live action Mulan, we're going to talk about it today. Yes, <laughs> spoiler heavy day. Um, we're going just spoiler alert <laughs> to give you an order of operations. We're going to be doing. We're, I'm going to read the original ballad. And then we're going to talk about the 90s Mulan. And then after that, we're in heavy spoiler territory for both the live action Disney remake and for a Chinese film from 2009 called Mulan Rise of the Warrior. So if you haven't seen the latter two, you're probably going to want to skip the second half of this episode. Or maybe just go watch it and then listen, because I might chime in with something about the new one. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I might. I might not. I don't know. You should. I watched the live action today, like right before this. So it's fresh. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Super fresh. I watched the cartoon last night and the live action today. I am hyped on Mulan, guys. Feeling that hype. Ready to go. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. I didn't actually uh, paraphrase any of this or take notes because it is so short that it felt kind of odd at a certain point to Mm -hmm. be paraphrasing something that is already that short. So I'm just going to attempt to read it. Um, Someone has done their best to make it flow well in English. I'm sure it's much prettier in its original language. Kelsey, this is kind of fun. So give me some predictions for what you think actually happens in the original ballad. You know, fresh off of watching the two Disney remakes, what do you think the original ballad actually contains? Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to ask me this. I almost started reading the ballad online (laughs) just in case. And then I stopped just in case you were going to ask me this. Three predictions are that... She goes to war pretending to be a man, like, to take her father's place. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to guess that she does save the emperor. Okay. And my third prediction is that she does get offered a high position that she doesn't take. Okay. 
Okay. I'll take them. Those are my predictions. Yeah. Sick, sick. And again, sick, sick. Mulan weaves facing the door. You don't hear the shuttle sound. You only hear daughter's sighs. They ask daughter who's in her heart. They ask daughter who's on her mind. No one is on daughter's heart. No one is on daughter's mind. Last night, I saw the draft posters. The con is calling many troops. The army list is in 12 scroll. On every scroll, there's father's name. Father has no grown-up son. Mulan has no elder brother. I want to buy a saddle and horse and serve in the army in father's place. In the East Market, she buys a spirited horse. In the West Market, she buys a saddle. In the South Market, she buys a bridle. In the North Market, she buys a long whip. At dawn, she takes leave of father and mother. In the evening, camps on the Yellow River's bank. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother calling. She only hears the Yellow River's flowing water cry. At dawn, she takes leave of the Yellow River. In the evening, she arrives at Black Mountain. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother calling. She only hears Mount Yen's nomad horses cry. She goes 10,000 miles on the business of war. She crosses passes and mountains like flying. Northern gusts carry the rattle of army pots. Chilly light shines on iron armor. Generals die in a hundred battles. Stout soldiers return after ten years. On her return, she sees the Son of Heaven. The Son of Heaven sits in the splendid hall. He gives out promotions in twelve ranks and prizes of a hundred thousand and more. The Khan asks her what she desires. Mulan has no use for a minister's post. I wish to ride a swift mount to take me back to my home. When father and mother hear daughter is coming, they go outside the wall to meet her, leaning on each other. When elder sister hears younger sister is coming, she fixes her rouge facing the door. When little brother hears elder sister is coming, he wets the knife quick, quick for pig and sheep. I open the door to my east chamber. I sit on my couch in the west room. I take off my wartime gown and put on my old time clothes. Facing the window, she fixes her cloud-like hair. Hanging up a mirror, she daubs on yellow flower powder. She goes out the door and sees her comrades. Her comrades are all amazed and perplexed. Traveling together for 12 years, they didn't know Mulan was a girl. The he-hair's feet go hop and skip. The she-hair's eyes are muddled and fuddled. Two hairs running side by side close to the ground. How can they tell if I am a he or she? The end. Oh my gosh, that was, first of all, so gorgeous. But second of all, that last bit about the hair I know. <laughs> was in the live action movie. And it I remember was. thinking, that was so random. <laughs> I, I had read the ballad before watching the live action movie. And so as soon as I saw that, I like screamed and like clutched Stephen's arm and said, they're referencing the ballad. <laughs> yeah. And she says, she who can tell, you know, when you're writing that fast, yeah. you're running that fast. That's so perfect. I know. I love that. Me too. Because I was so confused by that moment because it was obviously something kind of important, mm-hmm. but I didn't get it. I was like, man, am I just totally missing this? That's so Yeah, cool. it was a reference to the end of the original ballad. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's awesome. it's a really lovely, it's a really lovely it's poem. And, lovely. And very short and bare bones on details. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, it kind of reminds me a little bit of reading... Um, 
it's a totally, totally different time, place, and medium, but it reminds me of reading uh, Lord of the Rings a little bit, which is mm-hmm. so much description is given for yeah. everything except battles. Like Tolkien would write these <laughs> like uh, 15 pages on the the curve of a hill and give you all of the history of that hill. And then it'd be like, oh, right. And then uh, uh, some men and horses and stuff fought on the hill and mm-hmm. they fought and died. And then these people won. Anyway, uh, back into <laughs> the story. And that kind of reminds me of this, of like so much description of how she gets to the army. And then there's two sentences on, so then she fights for 12 years in the army and then she comes back. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. That was was really fun, too. I like the kind of vague gone for 12 years and also just 12 years. Yeah, that's one big difference from the 90s film of you just don't really get the scope of time. It, it, it mm-hmm. seems like maybe she was gone for a year in the mm-hmm. 90s movie. Yeah, I'd say a year. The cherry blossoms were just blooming as she left, and then they were blooming again as she came home. That seems like about a year yeah. to me. But but yeah, 12 years is the original ballot of how long Mulan was campaigning. Right, for some reason, I had seven in my head. I, I love that bit about the hair mm-hmm. at the end. Me too. That's so cool. I also like just kind of it includes like she does have, she's got some other siblings. Yeah, I read that in the plays she sometimes has siblings and sometimes she doesn't Mm -hmm. and I was wondering and so in the cartoon she has that dog that she calls little brother Mm -hmm. yeah I wondered if that was their homage to one of the play versions I think that that was a small a small homage to the play version I did love that she had a little sister in the live action one me I thought that was really sweet that was really cute they had like an ad- and they had an adorable relationship. I like that they they showed that like Mulan is funny. She's a quick wit. She's funny and she's also kind of a little shit. Yeah, she's. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's such a big sister thing, like saying, "Oh, you have a spider in your hair." <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hold still so I can squish it. <laughs> <laughs> it was super cute. Um, before we get into really more into, into more movie yeah, yeah, discussion, yeah. though, I want to give a little bit of background on the original ballad, just kind of to kind of okay. provide a little context. Oh, by the way, um, I think all of your predictions were right. I think so too. Because I because you predicted she takes her father's place in the army is still true. The emperor tries to give her a cool job, and she says no. Did she save the emperor? I think on that count, you were wrong because she does not specifically save the emperor. Yeah, it's kind of vague on what she does. Yeah, she just acquits herself well in battle. And so she and a bunch of Mm -hmm. other soldiers get an audience with the emperor at the end of the ballad. But she doesn't specifically save him from anyone. Yeah. Okay. So you get two points. Okay. A couple of brief notes on the origins of this folktale. I think both of us thought that Mulan might have been a real person when we were settling into first doing our initial research on this, but it doesn't appear that way. I think that's still a debate. Mulan could be legend, but she could have existed too. Like it's so old. It's kind of hard to tell. That no one knows? Yeah. This poem is apparently from the 5th or 6th century CE. Also just to have something so old in such a culture where women really aren't seen as equals or fighters mm-hmm. as far as i know that's just so cool that that exists at yeah, all yeah that this that this story exists well because it's also i think it's important to note that gender roles were still split very i mean we're obviously still split very traditionally along like who was in charge mm-hmm. of the home and who was 
expected to go to war if necessary. Chinese culture, as I understand it, is much more focused on family and your duty to family sort of outweighs all other considerations. And so the original ballad mm-hmm. is is about filial duty more than it is mm-hmm. about finding yourself. Because I, th- I think the 90s version yeah. of the movie is very much it's, it's about it's about Mulan's duty to her family, but it also has a lot of undertones of her figuring out her place in the world. When yeah. in the original ballad, Mulan knows her place in her world. Her place is to protect her family and her mm-hmm. duty is to her family in, in whatever form that takes. Like she she turns down becoming probably one of the only powerful women in China to go home to mm-hmm. continue to care for her parents. That's also how it felt more in the live action to me mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. It was more about honor which is another thing that I think that they tried to alter to appeal more to a Chinese audience. So that's the ballad movies. So you just watched the nineties version. Yeah. I just watched it last night after it's been a while. I mean, I've watched it a million times, but it was so much fun rewatching it because how good is that movie? Um, <laughs> like it's, I mean, honestly, Mulan is one of my favorite of the Disney animated canon. It wasn't always my favorite Disney movie. I think I enjoyed it more last night than I have ever. Mm-hmm. I think just because it, it's it's so funny. Yeah. Like there's so many funny parts to that. No. Oh my God. And I watched it again a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it's not that I forgot that Eddie Murphy was in it. It's not one of my stronger memories of it. But then <laughs> then I started watching it and I'm like, oh, that's right. Mushu. Uh-huh. Oh, Mushu. So this good. is so fun. <laughs> Also, I love that George Takei was the first ancestor. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I was I was watching and I was like, that sounds like George Takei. And none of this, I had to look it up, and it was. Oh my god. I love how it starts. Mm-hmm. How scary Sean Yu mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. He's got a cool look too. He's got like bottom fangs and no whites in his mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, black sclera. He's also kind of hot. He's got really broad mm-hmm. shoulders. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sexual awakening. In that movie, I think. Weirdly hot. Yeah. Scary. Definitely like the epitome of scary hot, I think. <laughs> scary He's scary hot. hot. He's very scary spice. <laughs> I also really enjoy that that's how the movie opens. That beginning scene with Mulan in the 90s film, I feel like she's really got her shit together. I mean, she's taking care of business. Mm-hmm. She's taking notes. She made that little chicken feed thing and put it around the dog. So she she's working smarter, not harder. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed. I mean, anyone would be lucky. And then she comes up and takes care of her dad's medical shit. She's like, oh, and you got to take three cups of tea a day. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought she was pretty <laughs> on top of it, too, when I was watching it again. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that she was just kind of a mess before, because. <laughs> <laughs> also, the grandma has to be, like, my favorite character in that movie, hands down. Really? I know she's not in it that much, but she's so funny. <laughs> she's like, how much help can, they, like, we should, we should pray to the ancestors for help. How much help can they be? They're, They're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then she puts all her faith in a cricket. Yep. <laughs> and she, like, closes her eyes to go across the street. Oh, my God. Yes, it was amazing. I loved um, also, like, I, this is this is definitely, like, skipping to the end, but I love that she, at the very end of the movie, when she... <laughs> when Shang is all like, I would love to stay for dinner. Would you like to stay forever? <laughs> That's got to be like the best line in almost the whole movie. It's so good. Probably. It's so good. It's so good. So I love the 80s 
montage music where she decides to go to war for her father. It's like the... (laughs) It's so catchy and it's so dramatic and... I love the whole she's leaving to go to war montage. In one of the blog articles, I read about how this movie became such a Asian American thing and and less of a Chinese thing is that haircutting scene is apparently super pivotal in China and in medieval China, especially like nobody cut their hair. Everybody wore it long. The idea that that mm-hmm. Mulan would be cutting it to make herself look more like a boy isn't something that translated well. In fact, that having your hair shorn was actually a sign of shame. Um, so it mm-hmm. just didn't play well in with Chinese audiences, but uh, but it worked really well for Asian American kids who were growing up in sort of a more Western idea mm-hmm. of what femininity and masculinity were. But and so that haircutting scene, like, because that that scene is iconic. It is. I kept wondering why she didn't cut her hair in the live action. So this is answering my question. That's part of why is that they were trying to keep it more traditionally Chinese culturally. I don't know. I kind of missed the the haircutting scene where she swings the sword in front of her face and you get that like you don't actually yeah. see her face until until she's standing there as a full soldier in that montage. Cutting your hair off is kind of a big deal for Western women mm-hmm. anyway. It's almost like a safety blanket. I think a lot of women feel like that's what makes them pretty is their hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like having long, shiny hair is so culturally ingrained in us that that's a big part of looking like a woman. Yeah, exactly. Abby, have you cut your hair off into a pixie cut yes, recently? I did. And everybody, except for me, hopefully, <laughs> so many people kept asking Abby if her husband would like it. Yeah, and it, and it, or, and that was like the first question out of their mouths. I got you didn't you didn't mm-hmm. so rest rest assured. Well, the same thing happened to me after I got married. I had long, I had hair like down to my belly button, and I didn't even get a pixie cut. I just wanted it cut to my yeah. Shoulders. You weren't even get you weren't getting anything really this extreme. And everybody was like, "Oh, how's Adam gonna feel about that? You're gonna regret it." And it was so annoying. I absolutely hated when people were like, "Oh, what does Adam think of your hair?" And I'm like, "Who the fuck cares what Adam thinks? Why are you asking me what I think?" So that's why I definitely. Felt that. Yeah, because and that's why that that's I think why that that scene really resonated. I think with a lot of women, it seemed so liberating of the idea that you could just cut it off. I mean, at the same time, it was also reaffirming that shorter hair means you're a boy. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, there's actually a lot of there's a lot of interesting. I don't know if I would call it transphobia in the '90s version. But a, definitely a little bit. Yeah, especially transphobia in the sense that like there could be no blending of your gender identity, that you were either all woman or all man. And if you did had any traits that sort of were in the middle of those two things, then mm-hmm. it was transgressive and made you weird yeah. or queer or... Every time I felt that way, I wrote a note about it. So we'll probably talk. I'll probably bring it up mm-hmm. again. I mean, it's a 90s movie, so there's going to be some... There's going to be some stuff like that. Interesting gender role, stereotyping, nonsense. (laughs) I think I know what you're getting at, but uh, let's move on. Adam and I kept cracking up that she took her hair down to be more true to herself, which was a great scene and a really good... It was very symbolic of her becoming herself. Yeah, of... But Adam and I were cracking up and we're like, 
can't like fighting shouldn't maybe you should have left your hair up isn't that like getting in the way <laughs> yeah there's a reason why all the soldiers kind of go for the top knot the top knot or even the main bad guy had his hair in like kind of he was half mm-hmm. up. It was half up half down because <laughs> he had glory and his hair was hair good too. he had some good he hair was just, he was just yep. gorgeous all around <laughs> there were a lot of gorgeous people on the other team I want to make just a quick note of how much I love Gong Li I love Gong Li I have loved Gong Li for a long 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 time she played the witch in oh the live God. action movie. My, my first page of notes on the live action yeah. movie look a, look a little something like this. Gong Li, Gong Li's outfit, Gong Li's hands, Gong Li's hair. Oh my God. <laughs> She's wearing those She outfits. is. <laughs> those dresses, how they're like half armor, half dresses. Oh like she just looks like a God. goddess. If this weren't Mulan, I would have guessed that that was Mulan years later and there were diff- two different storylines. Oh, that would have been so cool. I mean, and honestly, if <laughs> Gong Li had gotten for... <laughs> her way, that's exactly what would have happened. Since we're kind of going to start melding these together, I first of all, I want to ask you, Abby, how did how did you like the live action movie? What were, what was your overall opinion on it? Overall, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. The dialogue was a little heavy and a little cheesy, but also like I kept reminding myself, this is a movie for kids. They made this movie for kids. Mm -hmm. Most Disney movies have kind of like ham handed cheesy dialogue at one point or another. I think it just seems sillier coming out of live action actors mouths and not cartoon characters. Actually, you know, that was different about the cartoon and the live action was they said things in the live action. I'm like, you didn't have to say that. Mm -hmm. We just know like when the mom says like, you know, he's not going to come back in the in the Disney um, cartoon version. They just make it obvious. And but like they so have tense the shadow and the music and it's raining and the goes up to the husband and you can see your shadow push him away and she leaves and she's crying like they don't have to say. Yeah, like, they what's going that's on. That's true. I actually that's a really good point because I feel like they were they were a lot more subtle in the animated version with some of these mm-hmm. topics. It was much more show not tell. I remember in the live action version when Mulan, you know, she's riding her horse down to enlist in the army and the phoenix is flying overhead and she literally goes, oh, "The phoenix." And I'm like, "Now we it's right there. <laughs> it's we can yeah, see it." Yeah, like you didn't have it's to right see there. it. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) No, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought some of that was weird. At the writing, could have been a little better. Also, Mm -hmm. because some some of it worked really well. Like I like how they did the matchmaker scene for the live action version. Uh, I thought that they kind of kept it true to the spirit of the original one, while still doing some fresh new stuff, like her trying to protect her sister by like hiding the spider under the teapot. And yeah, like that was that was really adorable. I loved. The live action Mulan. Yeah. That's probably my favorite live action Disney adaptation ever of all time because it was similar enough, but they weren't trying to recreate the story in a cringy way. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there was some of that writing was a little awkward and it was like, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you could have just acted it, but uh, that's fine too. Um yeah. But it was, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Like, I enjoyed watching that a lot. And I, it was just, it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a pretty film. I don't know how people were feeling underwhelmed by mm-hmm. it, is what I, yeah, like, that's I was surprised too, because I was like, okay, this is gorgeous from, yeah. from like top to bottom. This is such a mm-hmm. great beautiful. looking film. 
choreographed so mm-hmm. well. The writing is cheesy, but the acting is selling it. I'm buying mm-hmm. it. All of these people are really cute. I like how they characterized Mulan. So in nine, I feel like 90s Disney Mulan versus live action, 90s Mulan was so shy seeming. She seems so much more timid and like not as much as a troublemaker. I don't know. I feel like uh, the live action Mulan, the younger one was a lot more like troublemaker. Yeah. Sassy. Loud. Just kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Playing pranks. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her. I thought she was hilarious. Just How did you feel about the Gong Li witch edition? I fucking loved I it. I thought would. that was so cool. Okay. But I love that she takes place of Shan Yu's falcon. So I looked this up yesterday. I was, I was thinking about Shan Yu's um, falcon last mm-hmm. night. Because, damn, Sean Yu just makes an entrance. And I was thinking, because I was a little drunk, I was like, is Sean Yu a Disney princess? <laughs> he has a sidekick animal. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sorry. Too many other Disney villains have sidekick animals. Like Maleficent has her raven. Oh, yeah. You're right. I love side. I love evil Oh, and Ursula animals. has her eels. And the, ho- uh, the hawk. I keep saying hawk, but in, okay. It's a falcon. In the live action, it's a hawk. She's is she? Hawk. I thought I thought that was a falcon. Maybe it is a falcon. Anyway, I digress. It's definitely a falcon in the cartoon. And I actually looked up and it has a name. Ooh. And I wrote in my notes, dude, the falcon has a name and it's Hayabusa. Okay. Hayabusa. I mean, he doesn't say it anytime, but I love that the falcon has a name. And I love that she ended up being the falcon and they kind of personified that character Mm -hmm. in the live action. I thought that was so cool. And also just the whole introduction in the live action to Chi as being like giving it a magic Mm -hmm. element. You liked that? How? I loved that. I thought that was so cool. That made it a whole different movie. I loved it so much. I thought it was the coolest. And also very Star Wars. (laughs) They gave Mulan the Star Wars treatment. Stephen and I actually were talking about that too, of how the chi got kind of sounded a lot like the force. And they used yeah, it a lot exactly. like the force. I yeah. mean, Mulan couldn't make <laughs> lightning or anything, but she could hurl a spear at someone without just by kicking it. I think she also uses the chi when she tricks them into hurling that cannon at the snow to make yeah. an avalanche. Because she puts her hand on the ground. And I don't know if she's just feeling to see if it worked the witch. I just called her the witch. I didn't know if she had a name. She did. The, I, what, saw what's her name? St- I saw it in subtitles a lot, but I don't, but I think they only said it it's like once Gong or twice. That's the actress's name. And I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Okay. Quick, like a quick Gong Lee anecdote. While we're talking about like sexual awakenings, um, Gong uh-huh. Lee in Memoirs of a Geisha. Did you ever watch that movie? Gong mm-hmm. Lee's hair was a complete <laughs> character all by itself and a huge <laughs> sexual awakening for me <laughs> she was own so beautiful and her hair was so gorgeous look up <laughs> gongli and wow i need to watch memoirs of the yes you do it is very good but i also want to talk about mushu I kind of wish that we could have seen the Great Stone Dragon. The Great Stone Dragon. <laughs> I know. God, that would have been great. So I was a little mad at Mushu while watching that as an adult because I was like, God damn it. You deprived us of the I Great Stone Dragon. I to see Stone the Great Dragon. Stone Dragon. <laughs> also, I was a little mad at the live action for doing a fucking phoenix and not a Great Stone I know. Dragon. I mean, I don't really know the um, symbolism of a phoenix in Chinese culture, Every time I see Phoenix right now, it makes me think of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) 
So it took me a little while to get used to it and be okay with it because I was kind of annoyed that it wasn't the greatest. I know because that's what I wanted. Okay, if we're not going to actually get thematically and tone-wise, Mushu still could have been a cool dragon. Yeah, why wasn't it Phoenix and not a dragon when dragons are so amazing? I feel like someone can answer that for us. I think someone can. If you're Chinese or you're more knowledgeable in Chinese culture, why why a Phoenix and not a dragon? Lay it on us. Tell us. I, I want to know. Although I do end, I did end up really loving the mm-hmm. Phoenix. Mulan is the luckiest Disney princess. She's got three amazing animal sidekicks. She's got a super fucking loyal mm-hmm. horse, Mushu, who is, I mean, a dragon. Yeah. And then she has the little cricket, who the cricket is so cute. Mm-hmm. And I about died when I saw that they personified the cricket character in the live action. They made him a character. I know. I loved that too. He even talks about how he's lucky. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> cricket. <laughs> the kids in the live action, in the Disney cartoon, they all seem like grown mm-hmm. men. And in the live action, they're all like early 20s, I know. maybe They teenagers. all look like fresh-faced little boys. Oh, so that actually brought up a huge refrigerator question for me. It's what my parents call it when, you know, you go see a movie mm-hmm. and you enjoy the movie and you take it in. And it isn't until you're at home reaching into the refrigerator for a snack that you think, wait, what? <laughs> so <laughs> a refrigerator. That's question. what they call it. So that's what that's what I call it now, too. So a big refrigerator question that I had, like, because I, I didn't it didn't occur to me until like the day after I'd seen the movie that I was like, wait a minute. If Mulan had to enlist in the army with all of these other boys from her village, how come nobody Mm -hmm. recognizes her? Presumably they're all going to the (laughs) same camp. That's a really good question. Right? Like not really none of the, none of the boys from her village recognize her. (laughs) That's how they worked it out for the story. Like I'm not mad about it. It's it's just how it goes, but also like, huh? Maybe they, I mean, maybe they just had enough boys from other villages that they never ran into each other. Maybe, could have been, (laughs) or maybe they got sent to a different muster point, or they already Mm -hmm. had military training and they could just head straight into the actual standing army part already. I have no idea. I'm sure. That's probably it. That last one you said. They went to a different part because they were more. Uh, yeah, they already had some battle trained. experience or something. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> they had enough I'm just, XP. Like, yeah, they already had enough XP. <laughs> Going okay. back to sort of the Mushu thing as well. Like I did miss him in this movie, but I thought that they did a really good job of finding other ways mm-hmm. to lighten the mood. Yeah. Like all the jokes within the camp, like the boys still kind of doing the girl with fighting mm-hmm. for a thing where I don't care what yeah. she looks like. I just oh, care what man. she looks like. <laughs> Honestly, the other thing that I found kind of equally charming and cringy about this movie was the spoken song lyrics. They did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did. I yeah. kind of liked that, though. I thought it was fun, especially when it was comedy like that. It definitely kind of took me out of that the mood, the whole mood of the live action, because it didn't fit perfectly, but it was enough like nostalgia yeah. that you were kind of OK with it. You know, like it was just exactly an like homage. and that's why like it didn't um, it didn't bug me. I also like the other homage they made to the animated film that I really liked was you could hear the score to the original movie playing in the background of some scenes like the matchmaker mm-hmm. scene had the honor bring honor to us yep. all music in the background. I know. I was so annoyed that they didn't do that with the I know that was the one point they didn't do it. And it's my favorite song. 
It was like they easily could have inserted the theme into the music that was playing while she was going up the mountain. <laughs> that would have been really easy to insert. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't, but... Do you have any like other thoughts about sort of like the camp or like the training montage? It definitely wasn't make a man out of you perfect song, but they got the the mood right. Like her getting better and going up the mountain and working really hard. Yeah. I loved the actors they chose as like her friends because that's one of my favorite parts in the, the 90s film is I love their friendship is so pure and so cute because they all kind of start off on the wrong foot, but you can tell that they really want her to win at the end. Like at the end of the montage, they're all rooting for her to like make it up that pole. So their relationship arc is so good, in my opinion. And I loved that they kind of followed the same thing. Like they, mm-hmm. they still had the character Yao that was like the mean, gruff one. I love that line in the live action where she's describing her perfect she's woman. Like, you're not describing her. And she's like, oh, she's she's courageous and brave. And he's like, you're describing <laughs> know, a woman, you're describing so me. <laughs> and it was just so like adorable. <laughs> and I love yeah, like, I love their too. friendship. And they stuck it out. Even when they find out she's a woman, they still all mm-hmm. back her up. And they're like, I believe Mulan. And like, I know. That was so they've sweet. They've got her back. I, I also loved that a lot. Yeah, I really thought that they nailed that and then nailed the camaraderie of her becoming of her becoming one of them. Something I would have liked to have seen more though was I would have liked to see her struggle a little more with the training. The the way that you see the animated mm. Mulan. In the beginning, like Mulan yeah. is so shitty at it in the animated version that she almost gets sent mm-hmm. home. And it's her determination to not get sent home that drives her to be better. In the live action, she's like already really talented. and Yeah, like she already has all of this martial training. She's already (laughs) good at a lot of this. So it undercuts the her Mm -hmm. heading up the mountain moment. I don't think that there's ever a question that she won't. Also, just imagine that task of going uphill. My shoulders were hurting while I was watching that. Aching, aching, just looking at it. I thought that was such a good way to give that impossible yes. task in the live action, though. Yeah, with the with the weights on your hands. I agree. I think they found a neat way to sort of have a similar mechanic. It would be really awkward yeah. to be climbing the pole in a live action thing. Since we're still in the camp. And this, they did this really well in the live action, too, I thought. Um, the, <laughs> I never want to see a naked man again. <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. line because, mm-hmm. girl, I feel you there. <laughs> And, like, I love that they had that tiny scene of, like, the guy losing his towel or something in the live action. She's just like, oh, God. Because she's, like, a young girl who's probably never seen a naked man Just ever. And just, like, this the Because <laughs> I agree. It is horrifying. <laughs> Even if you're into that sort of thing. Like, later. It's still yeah. horrifying. <laughs> Even if it's on the hot uh, Not Shang stand-in. Yeah. What do you think of him? Oh, yeah. I thought it made more sense that she would end up kind of having some sort of romantic interest. Mm-hmm. With, you know, somebody more her own age and... More her rank, too. Not the not her commanding officer. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of a weird power dynamic. I also feel like they really could have left out the whole romantic interest. I thought so, too. I mean, because also, like, that's not what's in the original ballad, either. She doesn't return home with a husband. She returns home a hero. And then it would be also more inclusive to people that are gay or bisexual or asexual. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't really add much to the story. Because also, 
in the animated version, like irony. They're outside of the fact that she clearly thinks he's pretty sexy. And also like, I mean, I'm sorry, anyone who anyone who's into men also thinks that. <laughs> even if you even if you're not into men. And probably even if you're not that into men. Uh, Lee Shang could turn still it. Think it a little. It's it just on a pure aesthetic level. That. He's a very attractive cartoon man. <laughs> they they don't even really do the romance very much until like what the last five minutes of the movie and it's all worth it for that great grandma line would you like to stay forever (laughs) oh no i like the other line where he walks by and she's like oh sign me up for the next four (laughs) oh grandma i love her she's so fucking good moving on and to like when they actually had to go join the war and I think my yes. favorite moment in the live action was after it turns out that she does have this great ability and, and they've started moving out on the road and she's been training it more. Do you remember the scene where the general says that he'd like to introduce Mulan to his daughter? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I love this. <laughs> and she just smiles. And I was just thinking that in a perfect <laughs> lesbian world, he still would introduce her to his daughter. <laughs> yeah. At the end. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. <'Cause- laughs> Oh, yeah. Mulan's going to get herself a bride. I also want to see the look on her dad's face. (laughs) She comes home a decorated war hero with a wife. I would have loved that. Why not? Oh, yeah. And honestly, I think that is a good fix for that movie. The romance with one of her comrades wasn't doing anything for me. What would have been awesome at the end is Mulan becomes a war hero. And then at the end, when the general does come by to meet her father, I was like, because I was thinking, like, did you bring your daughter? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is she in here? (laughs) Oh, that's right. That would be amazing. I love that idea. I loved that battle sequence from start to finish when they actually engage the Aurorans. Also, what is she on that's yellow? Is that like sulfur? I think so. It's cracking and I kept getting really scared that she was going to fall into it. (laughs) <laughs> it made me yeah, really I th- nervous. I think it's def- I think it was definitely I think it was sulfur. But I loved their interactions. The witch being like, oh, like you're mm-hmm. girl, like damn, you're using your cheese. I love that too of her recognizing something in this other person and telling her why she wasn't able to use her chi as effectively. That changed Mulan's whole perspective. And that's what made her decide to come out and be honest. Like she didn't get mm-hmm. found out. Yeah. She ex- came out. I mean, exactly. Yeah. She came out swinging. Sweet. And she, <laughs> we were talking about how like have those top knots for a reason. But when she's riding her horse through the sulfur <laughs> yeah. and sloughing off armor and don't you need that? You could have kept that on, but... <laughs> You look great, though. But you do look amazing. <laughs> and and then I like how then she goes into battle and she's able to manipulate all of the objects and she's just this moving chi whirlwind cutting people down. But then I also like that they didn't forget that part of the point of Mulan's story is that she's also really clever. Yeah, she grabs all the helmets to make them think that there's more yeah. people firing arrows at them. And she uses magic to launch a bunch of arrows at them. But the idea itself was like a really smart tactical move on her part. And then I like that that's also part of the avalanche scene because the whole point of the avalanche scene in the 90s movie was also like, again, Mulan just being smarter than everybody else. She just has a good mind for tactics. How could you miss him? He was three feet in front of you. (laughs) What did you think of Mulan's gender reveal in the live action versus the ballad? Oh, yeah. Versus them just finding out and being like, oh, (laughs) live action was definitely the best because she came out and decided to be true and was like, you Mm -hmm. know what? You might kill me, but 
I was a woman the whole time, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> it's a lot less empowering in the animated. Yeah. They just found out because she got wounded, not because she told the truth. Not that it was bad in the animated version, but yeah, I like I like that they did it a little differently. I liked that it that it, a lot of this live action movie has to do with the themes of loyalty and honesty and mm-hmm. bravery. And who knows? Maybe if animated Mulan had fought another woman in the live action, she was probably looking mm-hmm. at her and being like, well, "That's what I'm going to become." And then they explicitly have that scene later on the mountain where she's yeah. like, "Join join paths with me." Fuck yeah, do that. Which also would have been my fix, because hell yeah. <laughs> I kind of just want another movie that's like this, where she does become a witch, and there's mm-hmm. more there's... witches, and they keep getting witches, and then they overthrow And then it's just a community of witches. I've got like a slightly different fix that <laughs> we'll talk about more towards towards the end after we've talked about what happens to Gong Li's character. But I like I like this moment of her doing the whole join me villainous speech mm-hmm. with her falcon claws with her fucking God, she's claws. so cool with falcon her bone claws. crown oh, so cool. uh, gong lee's outfit oh uh, yeah that was so cool <laughs> so good <laughs> but i also like that in this moment mulan says no mulan stays true and mm-hmm. then rushes off to warn the emperor she risks everything and she does in the animated version too risks everything because she's so brave and true it is really uplifting it's a really great story in the animated and live action for this like man maybe i do like the live action more (laughs) (laughs) i I really like how all her friends stand up for her in that moment because in the animated version she says you would have believed Mm -hmm. ping why is mulan any different but I like in the live action that her friends are like, you would have believed Huajan. Mm-hmm. Why is Mulan any different? And I like that they're the ones that say that and they all start chiming in. I believe Mulan. I know. And it's awesome. Like, I literally missed good... it up a little bit. I love I that friendship arc so much. I know. Like the, I loved in the animated version that that moment when they all drop the battering ram and Mulan is running up like into the palace and they just kind of they're like, we're just going to go with her plan. My least favorite part in the animated movie of all time i really and i really hate this lay it on me what was it it hits me when mulan is off and she's trying to tell anybody who will listen that the emperor is in trouble and she looks at mushu and she goes no one will listen and mushu says huh oh i'm sorry did you say something (laughs) and mulan's like mushu and mushu's like i'm sorry but you're a girl again remember i get this is from a different time and also a different culture but this hit me Mm -hmm. even as a girl growing up in the 90s even her friend isn't listening to her anymore yeah because she's a girl again yeah like oh you're a girl again now i'm not listening to you even though i know what's i know the whole situation i've been with you the whole time but you're a girl again just because you're not pretending to be a boy i'm like oh i don't know i hate motion mushu in that moment actually (laughs) yeah what the fuck dude also aren't you supposed to be helping her why aren't you telling people you're a dragon? I would totally believe a tiny dragon. <laughs> I would love to have a tiny dragon. I don't know. Maybe he is being sarcastic. But it's still like an annoying thing to do in that moment. Yeah, because in that moment, I would be petty and I would be like, you know what? I fucking told you. Mm-hmm. You didn't listen. Bye, bitch. I don't fucking care if you die now. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Figure it out yourself. Bye. <laughs> 
clearly. She's just a better person than I we think are. That's pretty clear. We're at the climax of the whole thing, and at I the thought climax. that they, I thought that the live action handled this sequence great. I really enjoyed how they had the major set piece was in the still being built scaffolding of the new palace. I don't know if I like that the witch sacrifices herself. I do like the symbolism of that if she sees this woman who can make it, who has clearly been backed up. But I don't like that she dies. I I guess I would have wanted justice for her. It seemed unnecessary. Like, she didn't have to be like, yeah, why'd you girl is leading the army and she's right there. (laughs) I thought you wanted her to succeed. You could have been a little, little less obvious. I did think it was nice. I like that she chose to help Mulan. She was excited to see that a woman was mm-hmm. doing what she wanted. And being affirmed. Yeah, being affirmed, embracing her chi. You know, that was a good moment for her. But yeah, I felt it was a little unnecessary that she died. Yeah, I think that she still could have helped her. I wasn't expecting her to like join Mulan's village or anything at the end of the movie. But I was kind of thinking that it would be sort of like a she mm-hmm. helps her and then sort of disappears into the shadows and just like, okay, I've, I've assisted you and now you're on your own. She could mentor her, like maybe like Mulan has like secret meetings with the witch like out in the woods in her house and she trains her and chi or whatever. She just didn't have to die. In the live action, none of the other friends die, which I totally thought they would. Like they have that one scene where you think Cricket is dead. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm glad that he wasn't. I feel like they did kind of have to kill somebody just to have a realistic balance of life and death and war. I don't know. Because maybe she's done so many bad things, maybe she wouldn't have been able to redeem herself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was really bummed yeah. about that too, but it was really sweet. And then like we head into the major end game, which I don't want to belabor too much outside of the fact it looked really cool fighting in the scaffolding and uh, the... Oh, and then fighting on the... Um, oh, that, yeah. Uh, I don't oh, know construction cool. words, but you know, like the the beam that's holding all of those wooden things and then she and Bori Connor on either end. Yes. So watching the animated version last night, I was like, man, I really hope this happens in the live action. So Mulan defeats Shan Yu by shooting off a firework or a cannon that goes into a whole tower full of them and then he blows up. And I was like, man, in my version of the live action, when that happens, Fallout Boys, Light em Up song starts playing. Light em up, he's on fire. It was also pretty cool in the live action, but I was a little sad she didn't have an audience. It wasn't everybody there to see it. Because the animated version is so epic. It, a bunch of fireworks and there's all these people around. I think that like that's such a that's such a great moment at the end when the emperor gives her his medal and everybody bows to her. And we didn't like really get that moment in the live action. I although although I will say what absolutely just got me was the Mulan from the nineties version mm-hmm. introducing her at court. Uh, introducing the new Mulan. I lost my mind. Oh, yeah, that's right. She makes an appearance. Yeah, Ming-Na Wen was the 90s Mulan, the original voice actress. And so she's that lady that precedes Mulan into the emperor's court and introduces her. And I just, oh, it got me. That was so sweet. I know, it's so sweet. I love her so much. She did such a good job as the original Mulan. So it was like so beautiful. I bet it meant a lot to her, too. I've been following her on Instagram for a couple of years. She mostly just posts pictures of her daughter. But she had to keep this cameo under wraps for until like 
a week after the movie premiered. She couldn't mention it anywhere. So she finally like posted a bunch of photos of her costume and her makeup and talking about how much it meant to her and talking about how much Mulan meant to her, like the original 90s story. Um, Her daughter also got to be on set with her and got made up in like medieval Chinese oh, imperial so makeup. And it was just, it was so cute. And she was so excited to be there and was so proud of the movie and so proud of like her 90s movie. I mean, that's so cool because I also didn't know who the original voice actress of Mulan was until recently. Mm -hmm. But I love that it was a Chinese actress. Well, Chinese American actress. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's still so cool because it's always disappointing when it's a white person playing someone else. I think it's important for people to recognize paying, hiring, helping people of color. Mm Mm-hmm. In these, you know, whitewashed jobs, especially voice acting, because it doesn't matter what color you are or like what race you are when you're voice acting. But what is important is hiring and like supporting people of color in that work because they don't get hired. Everything in Hollywood is so whitewashed Mm -hmm. and people are like upset that a white you know, actress gets hired to play something that should have been Chinese or... Right, like a Scarlett Johansson getting hired to play a Japanese character in Ghost yeah. in the Shell. And people don't understand why people get so upset that a white person was hired to play a Japanese person. Mm-hmm. It's because Japanese people, you're exploiting that culture and that story. And taking away roles from Japanese actors who don't get them as exactly. often. Exactly. Because there just aren't a lot of roles written for people of color explicitly. And then the few roles that are casting a white person in that role is just such a slap in the face. Thank you. You said that much better than I did. (laughs) I had a really hard time like articulating my thoughts on that. But No, I like what you said, too, because I think that mine is pithy and like a throwaway line. But I think you're all getting it much more at like the heart of it's really upsetting. And not just for movies like this that are that are sort of culturally specific. It's obviously very important when you're making a movie about Chinese people to include Chinese people when you're making that movie. That's that's kind of that that should be a duh factor. But it wasn't always. <laughs> but it wasn't always. But also it's important in any movie to make sure that you're casting representatively both in front of the camera and that you're filling the behind the camera work with mm-hmm. women, LGBT people, people of color, like just that you've got in, in addition to men, I don't like want to discount their value or whatever. But mm-hmm. also, you know, it's just important that like you've got the full spectrum of human perspective, both behind the camera and in front of it. This is a whole rant, but you know, and these rants need to happen. And yes, obviously, we are two white women ranting about it, which also says a lot We need to rant about it more. Like, as white women, we should be ranting about this Mm -hmm. more and visibly. I think it's an important topic, and I want to talk about it. And I just want to, because I see a lot of people, oh, you're snowflakes because you care if what race an actor is. And that's not the point. So I saw this uh, from my friend on Facebook. They wrote about Mulan seeing Chinese actors and actresses. Um, It might have been underwhelming to many of you, but to see actors that I grew up with in a place where it's mostly, you know, white people or Mexican people, um, where there wasn't anyone that looked like them, the movie was overwhelming. They said that my heart was fluttering the whole time. And to see Dua Mua, the only Hmong actor in a mainstream film, was heartwarming. 
And I hope you all take a moment to appreciate the magnitude of what a film like this means to folks like me and look beyond today's politics. Were they kind of saying that as a response to just so many people just complaining about how they didn't how like underwhelming how was. underwhelming the movie is, which that makes that makes so much sense to me, just as someone who for a while there was a real dearth of movies that were female led or had a mostly female cast. And so when I see like people ragging on Black Ariel, Black Ariel or 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 just like any female centric female led Ghostbusters comes to mind. Oh, yeah. That even if people didn't like it, or even if it is, I guess, an underwhelming remake, like even if that's your opinion, I can't help but hear that you don't like women when people complain about these female-led remakes. And so I can kind of see how seeing similar things about Mulan would be really hurtful to someone of Asian ancestry mm-hmm. in this country of people just want, like just bitching about this movie that's, uh, that's in- entirely filled with Asian actors. And that would be really hurtful. So just something to keep in mind when you're talking about these movies. They may not be the best movies ever. They do matter in a way that is highly symbolic. And they matter a lot more to some members of your community than they might to you. And so you should just be really gentle. It's important to remember that not every movie is made for you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're not the audience. Maybe they're trying to teach you something. And if you didn't like it, you know, tell us why. Tweet at us at FairyTaleFixPod. Yeah, if you think if you think we are absolutely full of shit, we are we are interested to hear why. Yeah, tell us. Email us. Yeah, shoot us an email, and then hey, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's a info at FairyTaleFixPod.com. Seriously, we'll bring it up sometime. We'll we'll talk more. Tell us your thoughts and feelings on animated versus live action. I'll do this really quickly, but I just have to tell all of you about this shit. I'm going to do it very briefly because I also don't want to spoil it too much in case anybody's actually interested in watching it. So the other movie that I watched in preparation for this was the live action uh, Chinese movie called Mulan Rise of a Warrior. It is available to watch on Funimation which is, it's like the anime streaming app. Um, But they also do uh, a few feature length movies as well. I highly recommend checking this out. I will say that it is not a feel good family movie that you will want to show your kids. It's not like a happy. Does Mulan die? No, she doesn't die. But like (laughs) it, it it sticks very much to the framework of the original ballad. Okay, okay. With a lot of details added. You know how the ballad barely mentions the war? This movie barely mentions any of the other parts of the ballad and focuses exclusively on the war. (laughs) This is a war movie, in fact. It is very dark and it is all about sacrifice, duty, honor, death, and and just the horrors of war. Wholesome friendships. (laughs) There's some friendships, but they end in tragedy. It's it's all like it's all very upsetting stuff and it's really gory. It's very sad and difficult and the acting is so good and very intense. I 
absolutely loved this movie. I, they also like kind of gave the Rorans their due a little bit. We actually spend a lot of time in the Roran camp learning about how that dynamic is playing out. You've got the Danyu, who is the leader of the Roran people, and he's uniting all of these tribes. You've got his much more warmongery, bloodthirsty son. You've got his daughter. She just wants peace. She just wants to be able to feed her people. They live in like a pretty deserty, barren wasteland, essentially. It's why they keep raiding the Chinese, because Hmm. they live in a much more fertile area and have a lot more. And so that's why they keep raiding, which I think is important context. That is important context. On just the war. This movie fixed one of my questions (laughs) already straight out the gate is that when Mulan gets to enlist, one of her childhood friends from her village is like, Mulan, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) So she actually does get recognized by a boy from her village and he agrees to keep her secret, which I really enjoyed. They call her Mulan the entire time, which makes me wonder if there aren't really gendered names in the same way, I don't know nearly enough about Mandarin naming conventions to know, but they call her Hua Mulan the entire movie. That's how everybody knows her. There's no like second name. They barely mention that Mulan is a woman in this entire movie. Like that is not the point of the movie. It's loyalty, duty, and sacrifice and the horrors of war is what That's this movie cool. is about. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. She also has some martial training in this one, which is similar to the live action Disney movie. Mm-hmm. So she's already pretty good at a lot of this stuff. Her gender nearly gets discovered at one point, but then one of the other soldiers decides mm-hmm. to help her hide. And then also um, oh, she cool. begins advancing up ranks in the Chinese army until she actually becomes a general. I like the idea of somebody knowing, but helping her out anyway. Yeah, like she has her childhood friend who knows and she has this other guy who knows. Because it would make sense that somebody would find out. Yeah, like at some point that is a, a diversion from the original ballad because... They don't find out until 12 years. Until 12 years later when she puts on a dress and they're all like, oh, <laughs> you were a girl <laughs> this whole time? I don't want to give too much away because it is a really good movie. It is almost two hours long. So it's a very long, long movie. And none of it is about any of the stuff that gets focused on in either of the Disney movies. (laughs) They don't do like she tries to hide her gender stuff too much. They don't belabor the she leaves her father. The first five minutes of the movie are her father gets conscripted. She takes his armor. She rides south. She enlists and bam. Okay, now we're in this movie. And then there's like two more hours of horrifying (laughs) war movie. Just to to illustrate like how dark and intense this movie gets, if this is anything anybody else wants to watch someday, Mm -hmm. there is a scene where the Rorans have captured a portion of Mulan's men and they Mm -hmm. have her and the rest of her army trapped in a canyon where they're all starving and they have no water. They're trying to get her to surrender. And so they parade these men out in front of her. They're like torturing them in front of her and all of her troops instead of going out to ride to their rescue because that would just get the rest of her men killed. They sing this song, this soldier's marching song about, about missing home. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it and Kelsey's going to make fun of me. Oh no. (laughs) But I still love you. They sing the song about (laughs) duty and their, and loving their homeland and missing their wives and children. Then the men who have been captured also start singing the song back in like this moment of solidarity and comfort. And then the Rorans kill them all, you know, as they're singing the song. (laughs) 
it's it's awful. They start at the back of the line and just start oh killing people <laughs> while they're singing this song to each other from across the from across the line. But it is such like a no, horrifying, watch beautiful it. moment. And this movie is full of moments like that of like that is so fucked up. I really enjoyed this movie. It's a what the fuck fairy tale. It, that is, sure. it is a what the fuck folktale retelling for the yeah, ages. It is so good. And I actually have no edits for it. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> incredible <laughs> and so, so fucking sad. Oh, and with fun. such a bittersweet ending, it just hurt my heart in the best possible way. It's Mulan Rise of a Warrior. It's on Funimation. Go watch it and then, and then write me a lot of emails about all of your feelings. No, I kind of want to watch it. I, I'm not going to lie. I probably will. I think you should. It, and also like the reason why I'm not telling more of the twists and turns is A, like a time concern and then also because there were so many twists and turns because they took that section of the ballad about fighting for 12 years and <laughs> ran with it somewhere totally different that's fun I like that though and then she comes home at the end the exact same way well I love that too because and it's it's a, an actual Chinese film written by Chinese people. So that's interesting. It's cool that they went that way with it. And it shows where the culture is and what's important. And not so much the, who is the girl I see? Which, I mean, which is why, like, Mulan resonates so hard with, with us. But, the, but yeah. this movie is very much about duty. I have a hard time sitting through any movie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge movie person. I'm like, oh, if I have to sit down for an hour and a half, an hour and a half is okay. But now movies are like two, two and a half to three hours. And that's just a little much for me. Mm -hmm. Also, I can't just like sit and watch a movie. I have, I like to do something else. And that really bothers Adam. <laughs> gets really mad at me. Because you're not paying attention. I'm paying attention. I'm just doing something else, too. I, I can multitask. But... No, and it's good because if you're multitasking and you're working on something else, you don't talk the whole time. Oh, yeah. I also talk. Because that's movies. something else you do. Never fucking watch a movie with me ever. I'm the worst. I, <laughs> I have mean, to pee a thousand times. Don't watch and... a movie that you care about with Kelsey. If it's a movie that you're like, <laughs> I really want to sit down and like watch this with great focus. I'll do that if I have to. Yeah, but you're not. That was happy good with live it. action Mulan. Was good because I was taking notes. Yes, you had an activity. <laughs> yeah, I need something. You have to have something to do while you're watching the movie. Movies are hard. Thank you so much for listening to Fairy Tale Fix. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Fairy Tale Fix Pod. Please email us your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, and other such things at info at fairytalefixpod.com. And Gong Li's character didn't die as a falcon and became a mentor to Mulan and taught her to be a really cool fucking witch. Yeah! <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> and she also married the general's daughter. The end. <laughs> happily ever after <laughs> happily ever after <laughs> oh, i'm gonna leave terrible. it <laughs> the end <laughs> the end